So anyway, I figured out, <clears throat> yeah, I guess we can just kind of talk just how it all, like just real quick, how it started and everything. Cause I found out about you guys. I must've been a couple of years ago now. I don't remember now, but I was just researching cause I never signed up for the burn pit registry or anything. Maybe I probably should. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I came back from my second deployment and then like almost passed out during the PFT, the Pullman functions test. Cause like, yeah, I'm probably fine, man. I didn't do it after my first deployment. They just kind of didn't do it. So after my second one, they were doing it. I was just bullshitting with the guy and all of a sudden he puts one in my mouth and I'm breathing it in. And I'm like, all of a sudden I can't breathe. And I'm like passing out. It was like this little tiny, like cubicle booth or whatever thing he, we had. And he like runs over and grabs me and pulls the shit out of the wall and sucks it in my mouth. He's like, breathe. Like, and that's where I figured out. I was like, okay, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. And no one ever said like, oh, this is because of all the burn pits you guys were doing. Cause we were on cops. You know, we weren't even, in, even if you are on a big, if you're on calf, even you're probably getting that shit from that sewage you smell all the damn time, you know? But no one ever said, oh, this is why this, this is where this came from. It was just like, oh, yeah, damn, you developed this. That sucks. Hey, good luck. You know, so I obviously from the, a lot of the shit you guys have posted, that is absolutely, you know, that's not rare whatsoever, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, so can, it, you, can you start by just telling our listeners, like, what the Hunter 7 Foundation is, how it kind of got started? Yeah. So uh, I spent a while in the military myself. Um you know, I was never really into the little school thing, barely past high school. And I was like, I need some discipline in my life and I have really nothing else to do. And so I was like, I'm going to join the military. Started off as an E1, you know, uh, went up the ranks pretty quickly. I was assigned to an aviation unit um, and ended up going medical. So a lot of my time was, was spent on the, the flight line, you know, uh, medical care, all that good stuff. Um, and so halfway through my career, I got up pretty bad spinal cord injury and uh you know they said to me well here's the med board process pretty much your career's over and i was like well shit i don't know what i'm gonna do (laughs) you know so i started i was like well i guess i'll go to nursing school which was out of the left field for me and so while i was in nursing school i ended up meeting my fiance um kyle and he said to me he was a a veteran as well he served 15 months in iraq with uh, second cav recon attached to first special forces group so he was in Bakuba, all those nice places, 0708. Um, mm-hmm. And he said to me, you know, a lot of my friends died from Iraq. And I said, well, you know, I hate to sound the way I am, but that's war. That's kind of how it goes. You know, no offense. <laughs> and he's like, no, they died when they got home. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Suicide? Because, you know, immediately when you tell somebody, oh, they passed away after service, everybody thinks suicide, which is a valid point. And I'm not trying to, you know, uh, discredit that, but he said, no, they died from, you know, these weird diseases. And so he told me about his best friend who died at 24 years old from acute respiratory failure uh, the day they left Iraq. And then, you know, his team leader who died from acute myelogenous leukemia, which is almost always directly correlated to a toxic exposure. Um, and then he told me about his uh, Sergeant Major, whose name was, you know, Sergeant Major Rob Bowman. And uh, his call sign was Hunter 7. So we kind of did this in memoriam to him. Um, And it started out as an undergrad nursing student conducting research on Operation Iraqi Freedom Veterans and potential toxic exposures. And so that's kind of where it started. Um, It blew out of the water. Uh, We were internationally published for our findings. Um, it It was crazy. And so now it's expanded greatly to, you know, we have three main programs. Um, we focus a lot on education and research. Uh, both of those things kind of coincide with each other. And that's what makes us so unique is that nobody else does what we do. And I say that in the most humbling way possible. Um, but 
given that we're all military veterans and also medical providers, we have a unique perspective. And so that's the biggest thing, you know, we're seeing the problem, we've identified the problem. And, you know, I can't prevent your exposures from happening, they've happened, you're home, but I can do my best to mitigate those risk factors and assure that you have, you know, a life full of health and longevity, you know, because right now you see on the news, everything's about compensation pension, pushing this and presumptive that and that's great. That's great. You know, I'm, I'm a disabled veteran myself. I get that. But it's not going to save your life. So we want to identify early and mitigate those risks before it's too late and you're diagnosed with stage three, stage four cancers or, you know, some kind of terminal illness that we can't we can't help. So that's kind of what we do. Um, a lot of education and research. And, you know, we we continue to lead the way on that nationally. Um, we have a few studies in the in the works right now, one actually funded by Black Rifle Coffee that we're just finishing up on. Um, but a lot of good stuff down the pipeline and uh, it's only going to get better, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. So what's the research process look like? Like there's plenty of statistics. And so I'm like, man, these must be grueling to go through, you know, if you're looking, I don't know if it's, you're getting it from peer reviewed articles or if it's just where, where do you get all this from? So, yeah, people, it's, it, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. So it's like, I've spent so far, you know, I'm in a PhD program right now and I've spent a good, eight years with getting degrees, advanced degrees to do the, the work that we do. And so when people say, oh, well, I do research. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't. <laughs> you, d you know, you don't. You just don't. So the process itself is very, very tedious. Um, you know, there's so many different guidelines and, and rules and regulations. Um, you know, being a licensed healthcare provider, going through an institutional review board just to make sure that your, you know, study participants are protected and it's a it's the biggest pain in the ass, but it's necessary, you know, so HIPAA is protected. Um, we're very careful on what we do. And so that's just kind of like the foundation for the legal stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then on the back end, you know, you have to find a, a identify a problem. So clearly, there's a problem, you know, we can see it statistically that, you know, a lot of people are coming home with reports of respiratory, early onset illnesses, you know, deaths that shouldn't be happening cancers that shouldn't be occurring. Um, and so, you know, we identify a problem and then we kind of either form a hypothesis or do a, a literature review based on what kind of research study we want to do. So with this one that Black Rifle Coffee actually funded, I sat down with Evan and I told him, hey, this is what we want to do. And he said, take the money, do it. Let's, let's, you know, let's find a solution. And so it's been about a year. COVID kind of slowed down everything as we all got recalled back to the hospital. But, um, the process is pretty in-depth. So we take an evidence-based study tool and we kind of formulate questions based off of that original study tool that are specific to veterans. So our research on Afghanistan was 68 questions, demographics, and it was a retrospective. So it was pre, during, post. We looked at symptomology, diagnostics, MOS, timeframe, deployment locations, bases, you name it. Um, so it's pretty in-depth. And um, it kind of helps us identify like where the gaps are, you know, different hot zones for different areas and time periods and jobs. So it's, it's a process, but it's the, what, it's what needs to be done to kind of mitigate, mitigate these risk factors. So that's, that's where we're at with that. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, yeah, that's, that's just reading when I read, when I read these, I'm like, okay, these, these guys can't be full of shit. So I'm like in, just like doing my own like research I've done for school, like for 
you know, mm-hmm. physics and planetary science and stuff like, okay, I know what I have to put into to make sure my equations aren't fucked up and that I'm not mm-hmm. saying something that's wrong, you know. But when you're legitimately narrowing it down like, you know, percentages and mm-hmm. age groups and when they were deployed, I was like, oh, fuck, I was there in 2011. Like, God damn. Like, all of a sudden yep. I'm like being like, I'm like, you know, psychosomatic. Like, oh, I've got all these cancers now. I must, you know, like, because <laughs> it, because it is so specific. I'm like, so I can tell, like, this is obviously not just thrown together. It can't be, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, yeah, it's nuts. And tying everything together, just the synchronicity of it, too. When I was researching into, like, the Warrior Angel Foundation, when I had popped up, like, low testosterone, and this was just a few months ago, and then you guys popped up that huge list multiple times of, oh, low testosterone, low testosterone, low testosterone, your, you know, then your estradiols and your uh, serotonin being all being affected. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. Like, but it, it's all, like, kind of correlated. It's, it's all comes together, and it makes a very valid point. And then I've researched more into that because of what you posted. It made me research more into, like, well, what are the toxins caused by? Is it like phthalates and all this other stuff we're burning? Like, oh shit, it is. We're burning MRE bags, the water bottles. I mean, everything, you know, um, and we're using GP8 fuel to light it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And so, and it's interesting that you say that because like, and this is where, you know, research and education, they coincide with each other and they complement each other so well because, you know, like a few months back, we were down at Bragg presenting for some of the, you know, the, the nation's top, you know, special forces fighters, you know, third group, USASOC, you name it. And JSOC and, and telling these guys like, hey, I can guarantee that 75% of you in here for the males have low testosterone. And you see like their chest puff up and they're like, no, not me, must be, you, you know. And I'm like, no, no, here's the, here's the thing. Your testosterone is not based on how tough you are, how badass you are, how much weight you can lift or how many, you know, it's not about that, you know? And so when you go overseas, you know, studies show that you not only is your diet screwed up, but your your sleep cycle screwed up, right? So if you're not sleeping good, you're not eating good, already your body's going to be put under a unique amount of stress. You're not going to be able to focus, which is going to stress you out, especially in a combat environment. And for your job specifically, you know, when your stress goes up, your cortisol level goes up, right? And so if you don't have that even keel where you go up and down and, you know, you maintain homeostasis, if your stress is chronically elevated, sooner or later, your HPA access and your adrenal glands are not going to be able to fulfill that need of cortisol and you're going to tank. And that's when adrenal fatigue happens. When adrenal fatigue happens and you hit that downward slope, you know, your immune system goes with it. So when Mm -hmm. cortisol goes up, your immune system goes down and then when that tanks, it just keeps going down. So you put your body in a unique situation where your immune system's already compromised. You're not sleeping well. You're not eating well. You're stressed out. You don't know if you're going to get blown up or shot today. You know, you got family at home. You got bills. It's it's like the perfect recipe for chaos. And then, you know, as an 11 Bravo, you know, you're walking through, you know, Iraq, through Baghdad. You're kicking open those doors. You know, you're throwing smoke grenades in there. You're throwing frags in there. And you're blowing the friggin' walls up. You know, so asbestos is in the air. You know, you got sulfur in the air, lead in the air. So, I mean, it's just the perfect recipe for disaster. And so, like you were mentioning, you know, the BPAs and the and the um, plastics, all those right there are endocrine disrupting chemicals. So anything in that aspect can just wreak havoc on your endocrine system. And so, so many people don't understand that. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just, it's so frustrating. It really is. Because um, it has no, no direct correlation with how tough you are, how strong you are. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's, oh man, like I remember not even being aware of it. 
like my cortisol being high all the time. I was like, and what it was really doing, how much sugar was just in my blood. Like why I was putting on fat in certain areas, you know? And, and yep. so once you trace it all back and it's like, yeah, it's, but then again, that's, you know, and as I was saying, that's all I was, I'm, I really want to like talk to you, reach out to like, you know, Dr. Mark Gordon with the Warrior Angels Foundation. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not with her. Sorry. He, but he's the one to give him all the help center or whatever. He's the doctor behind it. Mm-hmm. But you know, with all the, research into like gluten and everything like getting the inflammation down off your brain you know and really monitoring what you're taking and the supplements you want you to take and possibly testosterone replacement you know because my doctor recognized all that too but then he gave me clomid and my estradiol is at 85 and he was like are you suicidal i was like no but my life sucks right now and i'm actually just getting fatter my testosterone is 1500 on a low dose of it and my estradiol is 85 he's like oh, this is not this is not good i was like no it's not so that didn't work, but so I'm still kind of researching on my own, trying to figure out, and that's why I'm kind of worried. Angel Foundation is a good one, I think, to mm-hmm. re- go into that and figure out because if it can help me, then I can say that fucking works for me. Then I can promote it to other guys that I'm friends with having same the same issues, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but have to, have to yeah. take some time getting into that. Like personally, I I work with um, Gabrielle Lyon. I don't know if you know who she is, Doctor Gabrielle Lyon. She's huh. she focuses a lot on special operators. Um, you know, thankfully she was like, Chelsea, I'll let you be one of my patients, but we just started, you know, after I had that spinal cord injury, I mean, I'm about to be 31 years old and, you know, I have a osteoma tumor in my knee and my back is literally so degenerative and flat because of the injuries and everything's seeping out. So, you know, when I go to the VA and the VA is like, oh, here's 800 milligrams of Motrin, here's 300 milligrams of gabapentin, here's, um, uh, here's some painkillers, here's some, you name it. They give me everything under the sun, but it's like a temporary bandaid. Yeah. And so that's why I like people like, you know, Mark, I know Mark Gordon. Okay. Uh, and I've read Andrew Mar's book and, you Andrew know, Mar. yeah, great, that's what I was thinking great, of, yeah. yeah. And Gabrielle's great. I'm like, this is my problem. This is what I got. And she's like, there's so many different routes that you can go to or go through to kind of fix the problem and not so much just covered up with a bandage, like, you know, Motrin or Gabapentin. So, you know, taking initiative on your health like that is so important. Yeah. So important. And that's, that's another correlation too, is a causal correlation is when you're already in some amount of chronic pain from degenerative disc disease, which I have too, and I had an L5 fracture from one of the times I got hit by an IED, you know, and um, mm-hmm. is when you have that pain and they give you the painkillers, it's like, well, that pain is already causing, again, your hormone, you know, testosterone drop a little bit because the cortisol and everything. And then they give you something that, fucks with your testosterone even more. Here's opiates, which we know raise estrogen and lower testosterone. And now your resistance to pain will be worse. Oh, and now we're gonna mess with your dopamine and serotonin as well. So you might become a little suicidal, but hey, as long as you're not having pain at the moment. But, and that's why like, who is really pushing this shit? Is it really like, can I really like chalk it up to to be that conspiracy theory of the pharmaceutical companies running everything? So I actually have a list here. It's a secret list and it's all, yeah, it's all of the um, individualized prescriptions prescribed by the department of defense from 2001 to 2011. And so when we go down to, you know, hydrocodone, acetaminophen, so Vicodin in 2011, we gave over a quarter of a million individualized prescriptions to active members of DOD in 2011. Like that's like the height of the war in both, you know, like we were just pulling out of Iraq and just really kicking up in Afghanistan. And so like we have an addictive society and this is why, you know, it's temporary band-aids like that, you know? Yeah. Like why is there a bunch of happy people walking around 
they're really pissed off at the end of the day like <laughs> coming down like everyone's so happy yeah oh man that sucks that's kind of just a gross number to have to think about yeah it is it's a, it's a and i mean like you know the anxiety meds the antidepressants it's you know same thing with tramadol somebody has pain or somebody can't sleep they give them tram tramadol and trazodone mm-hmm. you know it's 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 crazy sertraline wellbutrin you know it's just and that's another thing i hate just talk about it you know like we, we've all been through some shit and doesn't mean you have ptfd you know like I personally don't like the term PTSD. I think more of a moral injury. You know, I, I don't, I can't say that I have any problems performing my job. You know, I, I still do trauma medicine and it's still, I love it. Um, but do I think about the people that I couldn't save? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And so when, when people immediately say, Oh, I don't have PTSD or Oh, I don't need to talk about it. Or, you know, it, I'm so sick and tired of the the tough mentality that our, our veterans have, you know, like I get it, but I don't, you know? It's, yeah. It's, it honestly stems from like, no shit. It stems from like, you know, that kid when you show up at basic and there's a guy, the toughest guy in the room is the weakest guy in the room. Like he always just yeah, ends up going no. AWOL first, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, yeah, I cried my first two weeks there, <laughs> <laughs> but he's always, he's always like, he's always like, it's like the guy who's like, did you just look at my dick? Like you're gay, man, yeah. but he's really the one looking at your dick. That's the guy. It's the guy who's like kind of the, the pseudo alpha male. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to go see anybody. Are you guys fucking pussies? I know. But really it's I because know. he's dying on the inside and he's like, I wish I had someone to talk to. But then everyone follows that because they, well, he said it. So I guess we shouldn't. And it created a whole culture out of that, you know, right. a, a whole entire culture of shitty guys feeding in and creating more shitty guys that ruin more families because they were a shitty guy all around. You know, right. um, and it sucks because it's okay. Because by being the person that figures your shit out, now all of a sudden you have something to offer to people around you. You know, um, so yeah, it's it is a shitty way of thinking for sure. Well, and something like we've talked about on this podcast a million times on like what masculinity is, you know. And actually, I think our last episode we went deep into that mm-hmm. how it is far more masculine to admit like, Hey, I got something going on here. I might need some help. And like me not being a veteran. And I have a lot of friends that are veterans. The ones that say like, I'm good. Nothing's wrong with me. I mean, it sounds, I don't know if it sounds fucked up, but I have less respect for that guy than the guy that says I might need some fucking help here. And Kevin being, I mean, Kevin's my best friend and watching his like, I hate the word journey, but that's what it is. Watching his journey through since he's been out to today. And he was that guy who was, I don't need any help. And now today he openly talks about it on our podcast to thousands of people. And mm-hmm. he, he's very open about either post-traumatic stress or his injuries or like he was just talking about his testosterone and all. I mean, a lot of people yeah. don't want to talk about that shit, but I think people do need to because then there's people like me on, and it doesn't have to be just veterans. I mean, there's people with, with problems, mental health, stuff like that all over, but people like me on the outside looking in can see a guy like Kevin or, or a person like yourself who is openly talking about trying to help people. And I mm-hmm. think, I think that talking about it helps people more than anything, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, personally, a lot of people on our team get this praise, you know, we're all volunteers, but like people will say, oh, you're doing an amazing thing. And it's like, and, you know, we try to be as um, selfless and in, in service that we can be. But I mean, like, 
in some aspect, it is kind of a, a self-serving thing that we do because a lot of us have, we're out of service now, you know, and one of the toughest things for me was being forced out of, out of uniform, being forced out of the military before I wanted to leave. Right. So it was kind of like, Hey, this is a, a breakup that you don't want, but physically you got to, you know, you're screwed up. You can't be here. It was a tough time. And I mean, like transitioning out of the military and being like, okay, well now I'm alone. I don't have my, 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 the people in my platoon, you know, I had 30 people that were underneath me and it's like, what do I, what do I do now? You know, like, who do I turn to? What do I do? And it, and it's a way for us to give back and continue to serve without being in uniform. And, you know, I push that a lot on people. I say, you know, we have people that are like, oh, I'm at my 25 year mark and I'm getting out and I can't wait and I'm going to do that. And I'm like, you can't wait now, but wait till you get there. It's, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough breakup, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, it's a love hate relationship, but um, yeah, we try, we try our best to just be, you know, just, realistic um and especially connecting one of our big things is connecting you know healthcare providers with veterans because you know a lot of the times it immediately gets looped back to ptsd and tbi and you know nobody ever thinks about the stuff on the back end um and i mean as bad as covid was it was one of the greatest eye openers for me as a as a veteran healthcare provider to watch you know the healthcare providers that i worked with you know and one of the biggest hospitals in the world, you know, Mass General Hospital and, and see them kind of go through their own post-traumatic stress and moral injury when we were literally watching people pass away through a glass window, you know, having that sense of uncontrollability and hypervigilance because this alarm is going off and this one's coding and we don't have this medication. And it was, it was very interesting to watch how people reacted to that. Um, and, you know, when I said to them, how do you feel now a year later how do you feel now and it's like they're a totally different approach to mental health overall but also veteran healthcare when you think about it because very similar two very similar things between between ptsd and and that aspect and then ptsd in the military so yeah, absolutely. i kind of got off topic yes. there well no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. There, like i told you in the beginning there is no certain topic we can go wherever it takes us well and like you just said ptsd is ptsd it's mental health is mental health no no matter where the injury in your brain came from it's there you know and people need to be open about dealing with it but mm. to have people doing things like you guys are doing and raising awareness and like i told you before we started recording kevin's the one that informed me about like your guys's instagram page i looked it up and now every day i i see your posts and it's depressing as fuck but it's <laughs> yeah and it's one, it's one of those things like i want to support these people but do i click like because i don't like what i'm reading right now right. but it's it's important that it's out there that people can see like the whole like the burn pit thing people that weren't in the right. military don't know about that unless you've and heard spear yeah mm -hmm. unless you've heard somebody who was there talk about it and i think i think evan when he was on joe rogan he talked kind of in depth about that and that yeah. was that was the first time I became aware of it was listening to that, and then I asked Kevin about it, and he told me a little bit more, and then I started following you guys, and that shit's crazy because I mean, when you're not there, you don't you don't think about what everybody's doing with the trash and with from what I hear batteries and everything. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, and that's the thing, like, you know, there's some people on on TV, you know, yelling about burn pits, and I mean, like, it's crazy because like scientifically speaking, you know, like I was aviation, you know, he was infantry. And so, I mean, 
a lot of the times we weren't on the base, right? So if you're not, if our rates as aviators, brain cancer and aviators is through the roof, uh, pancreatic cancer and prostate cancer in aviators in the Navy is through the roof, right? Blood cancers in, in aviators and the Air Force through the roof. So especially special operations, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. But if all these forces are not on the bases, what's killing them, right? It can't be burn pits if you're not necessarily on the base or on the cop or on the fob, right? And so it goes back to that whole thing where your immune system decreases. But, you know, you think about him. I mean, I'm sure he's put more rounds down range than he wants to talk about. But, I mean, that's lead. That's that close quarter combat. That's, you know, Afghanistan specifically is, is ranked the fifth worst country in terms of uh, life longevity in the world, right? The average age of uh, age expectancy before death is 52 years old. You're you're most likely to live to 52 years old in Afghanistan, right? Half the population, 50% of the people who are born in Afghanistan die before the age of seven. And you think about that and you're like, well, it can't be strictly burn pits. I mean, in this case, it is. They use a lot of their trash to kind of create heat. But those are the things you have to think about, you know, those asbestos issues, those uh, aviation fumes, the JP8. You know, JP8 is a is a definitely a, a, a neurological carcinogen. You know, you get that on your skin; it goes into your bloodstream. Can it affect your blood and cause a, um, you know, a malignancy in your blood? Absolutely, it can. And so, you know, that's why we try to educate the best way we can. And you know, our Instagram can be it can be depressing, <laughs> you know. And we try to not make it so depressing. But here's the thing: I want you to I want you guys to have an oh shit moment, right? Because like with me, I'm like, well, if it doesn't happen to me, if, if I don't see it firsthand, I'm not going to believe it. That's just how I am. I'm arrogant. and I'm from Boston. So when people are like, this can happen to you, I'm like, no, it can't. No, it can't. Nope. And so those stories, those young stories. And I mean, like, these are stories. We have hundreds of them. People send us hundreds of stories on, on the regular. And I mean, we want people to be like, okay, I was there. I'm that age. I did this, 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 and this. That could be me. How do I take initiative for my own health how do i get screened how do i get checked out that's what we want to do you know that's and that's a good very valid that in itself can be a circus just what you just said right there like if i just walked into va right now which i by the way i did last year about oh i got tested a little bit testosterone all that other stuff okay we're gonna they dismissed everything i said and said let's check your thyroid like actually my i have my numbers right here um, I don't know. Let's check a thyroid again. It's like, but you work at the VA. So maybe we can assume that it's because of everything like you just said, but these are resident doctors who don't know anything about anything you're talking about. Right? Right. VA doctors are resident doctors, unless you're in specialty clinics, which is hard to even get into those. And it's, it's like, Oh, are you dying? No, <laughs> you're fine. Then go fuck yourself. You know, like here's, here's some pills. Yeah. Yeah. It's seriously. And then, but like, that's the hardest part. Like, okay, how do I get screened for what? And what should I be looking for? And if you go and take that information into the primary, the PCM, and they're going to be like, huh, well, who gave this information? And they're going to try exactly. to disagree with you. It's like this ego battle because they always want to assume you're on Google or something. It's like, what if I right. was? What if I was on Google Scholar, motherfucker? Like, right. that's, that's, about right. how much, that's, <laughs> that's about how much you know as a general practitioner. You're not a subject matter expert on anything. Right. And you're in your residency. Like, I don't want to shame your 10 years of schooling right now, but at the same time, like I've been in the VA enough to know, like 
when I'm feeling something and they're telling me something different than not to, to listen to go with my gut sometimes, you know? So, so that's, yeah. it's interesting that you say that. So we had a, a guy who passed away 29 years old, uh, Marine Corps Corporal Patrick Duva. He was a, a, a scientist three, two, and he was a, um, a mortarman and he was in Afghanistan, was blown up a few times in Sangin or Hellman, one of the, one of those nice areas. And, um, when he came home, he was 26 years old. He started complaining. He was like, I'm having these severe migraines. My vision's getting worse, you know, nausea. The VA is like, oh, it's TBI, PTSD. Here's some meds. A year later, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. You know, so three years into this, this poor kid, finally, he's losing vision in one of his eyes. And they say, okay, go to ophthalmology. He goes to ophthalmology and they say, oh, you got a spot on your brain. Go get an MRI. Sure as shit, he has brain cancer. Um, he fought it for, I think, a year. He was in remission and then it came back like, like a wildfire and it took his life this past November. And so, I mean, the misdiagnosed, like the rate of being misdiagnosed right now by any healthcare provider, um, not just the VA, by any healthcare provider is, is unbelievably high, you know, because you don't expect these young guys, like, you know, uh, we just had a guy who passed away at 36 years old from colorectal cancer, no genetic predisposition, but he had three deployments to Africa. Oh. So, you don't look at a, a top tier performing green beret and think he has colorectal cancer. You don't, you just don't, you know? And so providers, they're trying to save money in terms of insurance and what's covered and, and they don't necessarily go with that test. But then by the time it is identified and you, you can't miss it, you know, they're at stage four cancer and, and he passed away as well. And so, I mean, like it's things like that, that just blow my mind. And um, we actually spoke with a good friend of mine, she is the uh, or she was the chief whistleblower protection director at the VA sworn in official, one of the 11 sworn in officials. And, and she lost her job when, you know, the election switched, because I guess that's how it works. But she's a nurse veteran conducted a study that showed only 4% of civilian nurses were able to provide veteran centric, competent care. 4%. 4% <laughs> Four percent. We're the most trusted profession in the freaking world. We've been the most trusted profession for thirty years. Four percent are are eligible and able to provide veteran centric care. That's insane. Wow. That's a big fucking problem. Yeah. No shit. And so I mean, like, are you? If you don't go to the VA, which you know, seventy five percent, give or take, of post nine eleven veterans don't utilize the VA. They go to to civilian providers. You know, I'm one of them. Um, I use the VA for certain things, right? So if only 4% of those civilian healthcare providers are are on target when it comes to veteran healthcare, like we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. That's a lot. That's we're in a lot of trouble. And I mean, you know, I have 490 pages of DOD cancer rates since 9-11 happened, right? And these are just active duty. And to look at some of these numbers, and to think, okay, if this is active duty, just active duty, where are we at now in terms of veterans after service? Wow. Yeah, and then, yeah, it's ridiculous. Because, yeah, you're right. They're just, I feel like even at the highest level of doctors, just in anybody, because of our culture, it's it's just about making the money and then going boating on the weekends. It's not right. about... You know, it's not about being an Isaac Newton. We're like, man, I just want to obsess over this one thing and master this. I want to control this. 
it's just not really our, I don't feel like that's not really our, our right. way of life anymore. It's just like, can I get my paycheck in my fucking G6, you know, Mercedes wagon and go get my boat? Like, I don't think anyone really cares that much because it, it does it. When does it pay to be virtuous in that profession? You know what I mean? Not for everybody. Some people really does. I feel, you know, um, but I feel like on the whole, like you're saying, you know, it's the 4%, like same shit, like, right. You know, um, and then, and back to that whole, like what you guys are trying to do, like, how can you connect the right people with the right people who are the good care, you know, um, medical clinicians and medical care providers out there? Like, okay, send me some people that have these conditions that it may be worse than it is. And if it's not cool, I can give them some relief by letting me know it's not. Like, how can we connect people who really give a shit and know what they're doing with people that might really need it, you know? And that's, I feel like that's just tough on its own. Just that coordination, you know? I mean, and that's, so when people are like, well, what does Hunter 7 do for, you know, veterans in terms of immediate needs? And I mean, like, healthcare coordination is one of the biggest things we do. And so care management, like, I've, I've spoke with doctors at MD Anderson um, pertaining to medication coverage. I've worked with the home base program in Mass General Hospital to get a veteran who was having severe issues cognitively that needed help. But a lot of it is just coordinating care because veterans don't really know where to go, who to turn to, what to tell them. And especially when a healthcare provider tells you, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. It's psychosomatic. You're you know, your PTSD is making all this stuff up, <laughs> which I hear very often, yeah. um, you know, then it's up to us to be like, okay, well, who do we know? Who have we vetted that we trust? You know, Gabrielle Lyons, one of them, um, the docs down at MD Anderson, uh, you know, we're trying to work with the um, war related injury and illness center in New Jersey through the VA that focuses specifically on post nine 11 and Gulf war injury. So, you know, stuff like that is definitely a good portion of what we do outside of, you know, paying for travel for, for veterans needing treatments for cancers, covering their appointments and medications. Um, it's a pretty, it's a lot of coordination, a lot of coordination <laughs> for sure. Jeez. Sounds like you, you stay very busy between your uh, day job. And then this one that seems like it might be even more hectic than your <laughs> real job. It's, I tell you, yeah, it is. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, like I deal with codes and strokes and traumas and bleeds and you name it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's exactly what you guys said it is, you know, we have a very tertiary healthcare system that focuses solely on, you know, here's, here's a prescription to cover up this temporary, you know, temporary bandaid just to cover it, cover it, you know, down the line. But like, if you look at all the older people, you know, like my grandparents, I think they're both on 10 medications each. And I mean, like, really? We can't like fix the actual problem. We just got to throw a medication at it, you know? Um, then you need a medication for that medication and that. And so mm. somebody said to me one day, they said, Chelsea, you know, if people stop getting sick, then you're not going to have a job. And I was like, well, trying to talk myself out of a job then, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's right. like, I'm, I'd rather see people healthy and happy and live, live long. And, you know, this medication stuff is, it's just temporary, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's better what's that saying about living a, a, a short life worth living versus a long life in a miserable way. I don't right. have a long life hanging on by meds. Just like, I want to be like a sexy motherfucker when I'm like in my seventies and eighties, like that's the dude, you know, like, Oh, well you need Viagra because of this. Now you're going to need, uh, yeah, these blood thinners, but it'll, you want to thin your blood too thin. So we're going to give you this as well. Like, Oh fuck me. Right. <laughs> like, Oh, then you're going to bruise really easily. So now we got to take this and then, 
Yeah, and I'm yeah. you know, it's crazy. And that's crazy because like literally, do you know how many deaths happen when like older people on a blood thinner like Coumadin or Warfarin or Eloquist hit their head and all of a sudden they're fucking bleeding internally? Mm-hmm. That's like my everyday. Doesn't, <laughs> probably doesn't every- doesn't even have yeah. to be a head hit. I mean, I, I remember my uncle when he was still alive, he so he had cancer in his spine. He found out, I think it was in like ninety six, he found that out. Never went for any treatments. He said, I'm not going to any fucking doctors. And he started researching online, like natural ways and all this stuff. And the man lived to like 2016 without any treatments, but he was in so much damn pain. He would take like handfuls of aspirin all all day. And he started, and he was, he was also blind. He had a lot of issues, really smart guy. And anyways, one day he was, <laughs> he, he, one day he was walking out of my parents' camper, and he nicked his arm, and the blood started going, and it didn't stop. He was trying to put like the mole skin on it, and he was taking so much aspirin that oh. his, his blood was like the, really thin. Yeah, and he was damn near passing out. He's like, "I'm not going to the fucking doctor." That's just how he was. He was like anti doctor. <laughs> And I finally told him, like, do you want to just sit here and die? Because that's what's happening right now. And it was he, my favorite patient. Oh, God. Well, we, <laughs> he finally went. He went. And unfortunately, he ended up passing away. Because when he went in, they did another scan and found out ca- his whole body was cancer. I mean, everything. And he hadn't had any treatments in however many years it was. And it had spread through his whole body. That's why he was in so much pain. And it's unfortunate. But, yeah, the blood thinner thing, like you're saying, I mean, he just nicked his arm and it wouldn't yeah. stop. And then one thing led to another. And I think he was a week later he had passed and he was an old, he was an older man. He was, I think in his late seventies and not the healthiest person out there, but <laughs> it was, it was, those cra- are my best though. I love those patients. though. the ones that come in and they're like, I, they're like, fuck you. What do you know? <laughs> and yeah, I'm just yeah. like, yeah, no, <laughs> you just <laughs> ate a bottle of aspirin and you're yeah. bleeding everywhere. <laughs> yeah my favorite that's why i love my job in that yeah. aspect i really do <laughs> dude there's this one thing that's been it's been happening for a long time but i've i just i'm trying to be more aware of it lately but especially because the fact that i i meet or talk to other veterans who have it too as well i have no idea if this is actually related to like ear injuries from like rpgs coming in or going out going whatever but like say for instance i go out start picking weeds it doesn't happen all the time that's the thing it's just every once in a while and I start, it was like I'm squatting down or bending over to pull weeds out. My blood sugar feels like it gets really super fucking low. I'm about to pass out. I'm like, my vision's kind of going. And after about five or 10 minutes, it jumps up and I'm almost into a panic attack. And then it t- after we just lay down for a couple hours. And I was like, it came to me and a lot of vets are like, yeah, it fucking happens to me, man. Like, I, we don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not on Hunter Seven's page yet. I'm looking, waiting for it to come up. Like, come on, wait, wait for that. <laughs> I'm waiting for that ear one or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually so it's funny that you say that because I've had that happen to me a few times too. Um, and you know, not so much RPGs, but literally just the rotor wash from ten years of yeah. sitting in the, you know, in the concussive nonstop. But no, it's it's crazy. We're still trying to figure that out. There's a few different things. Um, vestibular um injury is a real thing and TBI related to hearing loss or hearing injury is a real thing. So I mean like you think about how your nervous system's all connected and all these different um, nerves in your, in your brain and your ears. And I think it's your second, your second cranial nerve. I'm not sure. I'm not neurology, but um, I think it's your second cranial nerve or third. 
one of the two i'll get back to you on that but yeah if there is a correlation um and blood sugar wise how did you test it after or did you just get that blood sugar feeling like that low blood sugar feeling yeah i was like i'm craving sugar and my vision's going and then whether I eat something or not then the blood sugar goes way up like now i'm like almost panic attack mode like i gotta sit down my heart's racing like mm-hmm. i get that like if your blood sugar gets slow maybe your cortisol kicks in and elevated up but this doesn't matter if i've eaten or not how much your water I've drink it has it's directly correlated to sometimes bending over or not the only thing i've really found online loosely related was i think it's called abbv it has to do with like crystals in your ears or something they get dislodged i don't know if it, don't was know. it throw up your equilibrium or um, yeah check out because i mean like it, it kind of sounds like a vasovagal type issue too like so like if you got punched in your sternum like really hard like right in between your two bones like when we get off this call just punch him in the sternum right <laughs> and you'll get winded right and so that sudden feeling it's almost like a vasovagal feeling so when you like bear down or you know it's just check out the the vagus nerve the read up on that um that has something to do with it i i personally believe between uh your your second cranial nerve and your vagus nerve those two things right there that's my guess. That's my educa- educated guess. Educated guess, yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll talk a little more about you. Like, How long have you been in the field you're in now since post-military? So Hunter 7 officially started January 2019. Um, so, I mean, that has been since 2019. But since um, I think I started doing the research on Iraq in 2017, I think I was in my second year of undergrad. So since 2017, um, at first people thought I was crazy. They were like, this doesn't happen to people in real life. And I was like, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, I was the only one in my college uh, graduation class that, that graduated with nursing honors and college honors, which is funny. Cause I, I barely passed high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's weird, but um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. And I mean, like, sadly, you know, there's no short, there's no short of work. Um, sadly, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough job, but it's a good, it's a a tough job. I don't get paid for. So it's like a, it's like a hobby, an abusive hobby. It is an abusive hobby, (laughs) but it's a, it's a hobby that you're doing a lot of good things for people. We we have a great team. Yeah. And just the short amount of time I've even been aware of what you guys are doing. I, I see what, the awareness you're trying to raise and, and it's, I mean, the world needs people like you to do what you guys are doing. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that the world needs people like you to do what you're doing, but it's, it's a fact, you know? And, and like me not being a vet, I, there, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, quote unquote veteran issues that most civilian people don't know anything about other than they think, Oh, there's a crusty old veteran who's, Right. who's wounded and and he's got a fucked up brain like that's all people know and right. I, I i try to kind of dive in a little deeper being a civilian to kind of understand especially i mean kevin's my best friend i've seen him go through shit mm-hmm. and i actually you know we were before we started recording we were talking about tear and nicole and I, <laughs> I saw i saw that post with nicole the you know veteran with a sign the guy the guy that holds up the sign she was holding one that said you don't have to be a veteran to help and right. that that like hit me in the soul because I, I feel that I, I want to and with our little platform we're gaining here with our podcast I want to raise awareness for issues and we've had so many veterans on here and that was not the 
plan with this. It's kind of like just turned into that naturally, yeah. which has been really awesome. And if we can raise awareness for things, and because there's a lot of people that listen to this that are not veterans as well, mm-hmm. and a lot of them probably had never heard of the Hunter Seven Foundation till right now. And yeah. this is raising awareness and it's like, I'm not a vet, but if I can help in any way, you know, it's, I, and I think people should strive to help people. Yeah. And so you don't have, yeah. And you don't have to have, sometimes it's hard to be virtuous if you don't have direction. So it's like, all right, tell us what you want us to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we can assist in that virtue, not to virtuous signal, you know, like, again, I, I love, I love, who's one of my favorites. He's Kierkegaard. Cause he's about, when he's talking about the ethicist versus the the ascetic right the majority right. of people on instagram right now are chasing the ascetic or the vulgar ascetic right like they're just gonna be virtue signal and send shit that's all fake and smoke and mirrors yep. but what the ethicist is like no i'm doing this because this is something this is just part of me for some reason i'm doing this the the action comes first and then maybe you know the congratulations comes later and that's okay i, I like that affirmation but it's not why i'm doing it and that's right. why that's why I believe your page is truly a virtuous page because this isn't easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like, and so it's funny that you say that because, you know, social media is so it's I hate it personally. I think it's one of the worst things in the in the world. But there's so much good going on behind certain like social media, like Black Rifle Coffee. We talked about that. You know, like Evan's one of the most generous people I've ever met. And he's one of the most realistic people, you know, I've ever met because he's lived this and you know, continuously he gives back. Like when we, when we had COVID hit up at, up in the hospitals, he donated like a fucking truckload of coffee and just, you know, like, just like nice things to the, to the departments, the fire departments, the EMS departments, the police departments and the hospitals. And it was just, you know, through Tier and Nicole too. And I mean, it's just amazing. And, you know, like a lot of people don't know, um, you know, have you guys ever heard of Noveski rifles? Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> You know, you think about Noveski and you're like, well, you know, like you think a badass gun company. And I mean, that's that's what they are. They're a badass gun company. Mm-hmm. But what sets them apart is literally when you talk to the owner of Noveski, the, the wife of John Noveski, you know, who who's passed away. But you talk to his wife, uh, Lorena. She's one of the most selfless serving people in the world. She would give you the shirt off her back. And when I say that, she's one of the people that actually funded us. To, to care for like five different veterans. She gave us a very hefty grant to, to help out people and didn't ask for anything in return. No, you know, smoke and mirrors. She's, it's the thing I love about certain companies. Same thing with um, Doug from Sofleet, you know, like I'm wearing the shirt right now. <laughs> he's, he's another one. He, he has a bitch and mustache, but on the back end, you know, he's, he's there for the mission. Mm. And a lot of companies, they'll say, Oh, you know, we're great. We do this, we do this. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like, Social media is just a small fraction of, of the possibilities and, and, you know, it's only a small fraction of what we do. You know, it's probably only 5% about what we do, mm-hmm. you know, everything else we don't showboat or put out there because we don't have time. We're too busy trying to help people. But the social media thing, a lot of it's um, smoke and mirrors, like you said. So mm-hmm. finding those, those organizations and those people that are true to the mission and, and true to the values that align with yours is just so critical. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't, and that, that's a good point too. Like that's where this that's kind of the podcast, podcast has been going. We keep on aligning ourselves with people with similar values and we're not trying to be biased whatsoever, but when we meet someone and like, Hey, you should have this person on, they're also good. And that keeps on happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you find a good community of good fucking people 
you know, and it's just hard now to like go back. Not that I don't want to, it's just hard to just like, okay, can I go talk to someone who like, you know, you know, knit stuffed animals for a living <laughs> and just yeah. like, you know, and just like, you know, my real passion is like tying myself up and just like, you know, like <laughs> do a weird shit. Like, you know, like, you know, I, I could pro- if you're looking for somebody like that, I could probably find anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Like, well, like into some weird people over there. Well, yeah. like what Kevin's saying, like when we first started this podcast, it was, you know, some people we knew that were interesting. We'd have come sit down with us. Nobody's fucking listening anyways. And <laughs> as it started to grow and we've met people like yourself who are out there doing fucking good things. And I mean, we don't personally know you, but you seem like a pretty cool fucking person. I'm all right. Yeah. You, you seem right. like like I could see sitting down and just hanging out. And that's ha- that's happened with a lot of our guests where whether they own a multi-million dollar business or whether they're just trying to help people like you're doing and it's yeah. good fucking people. And there's a lot of, and that's, that's the good side of social media. We were just talking about social media is you can find good things and good people on social media. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to do now with this podcast, and it's just, like I said, it's kind of organically happened. We're trying to highlight those people and let, and we don't have a huge following, but we do have a following and, and I want to, the people that listen to this or the people that follow along on our social media to, to know there's people like you and the organization, your organization out there doing, right. doing things to help people. Dude. And that's a good, that's a good point. Like between what you said and she said, so I was reflecting on what you said and remember what she said, like social media is disgusting and kind of good at the same time. Social media reflects the human condition, right? If you are already at, a strong, when I mean strong, like you've, you've faced your demons, your bullshit, you've acknowledged it and you've tried to heal yourself. You can use social media to be positive and promote something. Mm-hmm. Just right. like if you found yourself and then you became a millionaire, like, like Evan, you, you know, this is, this, this didn't change him as a person. He's already the same person. But if you got wealthy before you figured your shit out, now you're fucked up. You're selfish prick. If you started your Instagram before you were a healthy person. You're probably just showing your tits and your butthole off all the time. Like, <laughs> Hey, I still am. I Don't still mention am. any names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's just, it's a very, if you're looking at it from that lens, you look at your Instagram and say, that person's sad. That person's unhealthy. That person's angry at the world and hates everybody because they hate themselves. Yeah. And it's just kind of sad when you look at for what it really is versus yeah. right. someone you can tell like, okay, based off their content, this is a, a this person's got their shit together. They lay out a level head. I like this person, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and it's, well, it's come up multiple times in this podcast and every fucking podcast we do black rifle coffee. Like I've had people tell me like, why do you guys talk about them so much? They're not a sponsor. They're not this. They're not that. And what we're talking about now is why, because of the good things that company mm-hmm. and Evan Hayford does for people. That's why, I mean, they'll, I'm wearing a black rifle hat right now. They will always have our support and most people's support. And, oh, yeah. And I, we're, well, I'm sure this will come up because we had told you next weekend we're going to sit down with quite a few people who work with them. And yep. it, and it's like we have had more people from that company on this podcast <laughs> and talked about them and given them endless free promotion because we we ride with what they're doing. Like we believe in the good things and like you said, the donations. And I know during COVID they donated to small businesses and, and it, was, it wasn't all veteran related either. They're just trying to fucking yeah. help people. And that's why why I like that company so much. Same with Mountain Primal, they just donated Mount, yeah, so much. Money. Mountain Primal, who is one of our sponsors, really? I mean, oh yeah, and to the the boot campaign, they they donate a lot of money to that to that place, and most of the time, people don't even know they donate the money. 
and they yeah. do, do it out of the good of their heart, which that's another reason why we fuck with that company because right. they're is doing that what good that, things. Is that what that sticker is right there? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, I this keep is the spear thing, and I'm like, that's a bitching picture. It is. Yeah, oh, right. yeah, that's a uh, Mountain Primal. They, you know, it's they. We've had their founder on our podcast and their head marketing guy. What is it like? A, a like is it like a butcher box, but better? Kind, kind of, but better. Yeah. So I guess here's a shameless plug for them right now. They it's they have a big cattle ranch in Colorado and the founder of it, John, started he kind of went a different way than most cattle ranchers go with selling your meat and he started doing it online. So when you order from him, you're getting his cattle and pork, I believe, mm-hmm. and bison from Bison Union. They they're together, but they ship it straight to your door and it's it's really high quality stuff. So but I, I don't care about how high quality their stuff is. They're good people. But that's, that's what I, mean, I care about quality. I'm yeah, I mean, but right that's, that's, that's the thing though. <laughs> hey, if you do use our code, <laughs> yeah, code? mission prep, mission prep, one word, right. get yourself 15% yeah. off, but yeah, no, get, get you a little discount. That's what I liked about when I got, when I actually got their meat in person is every meat company you get. Cause the guidelines for grass fed, like for instance, in Idaho, it has to be, I think, uh, what is like 65% of the grass feeding season, which is like 31 days. So really when you said it's grass fed beef in Idaho, it's not very fucking long by the way. Um, yeah. And those numbers may be loosely wrong because no human has a computer brain. Right. But that's, I'm fairly accurate on that. Um, Cause I'm somewhat intelligent. So, but they, the, all the packages says like, you know, like no hormones and like grass fed and all that. I don't remember it saying any of that on their packaging, but it is, it's yeah. grass fed Highland game no antibiotics, you know, um, but so it's, that's, what's funny about these guys. They're all about working hard and having a good lifestyle, Mm -hmm. but they're not sitting here shoving all that shit in your face, even though it's what they're already doing anyway. Yeah. Um, that's what I have a lot of respect. I have a lot of respect for that integrity. I I do care about quality, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying like the people that run the place, like they have my support, but their their quality could go down. I'd still support them because of the good things they do. But they have type of people, but they have top quality meat. Yeah. And it's the same with black rifle. Their coffee is fucking good. I don't care what I, and I'm kind of a coffee nerd. They have good fucking coffee. Yeah. I'll have to show you when we get off this, I'll have to show you my, uh, my sweet coffee thing that I have made. So I'm, I'm, I'm big into the whole, you know, giving back to the community. You know, I literally have a refrigerator right here. Uh, full of black rifle coffee like in my office mm-hmm. um you know i i'll always support those who support you know our mission um because you know you only hear like i think a recent study said that you know a little bit over seven thousand people died in combat in post 9 11 right and then about five times that thirty thousand on the lower spectrum died from suicide and when i tell you right now easily over hundred thousand have died from cancer quote me on that right and so when people actually listen to our mission and they're like okay we see what you're doing and and we see like the impact that you're making and and they're like hey we're gonna give back however possible like there's some companies that are, are balls to the wall willing to help us and um you know more so willing to help the veterans that that we we serve and, and work alongside and the community that we come from right it's like these are my teammates like these are people that we both we both serve with you know it's so it's a it's definitely a great um it's definitely a, a great community and you know, and I, and I do love meat. I do love meat. <laughs> we, we, we both fancy meat, meat in our mouths as well. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean like already knowing about from following you guys, what you guys are about, but after talking to you today, like 
you guys have our support now. If we ever make it fucking big with this podcast, which maybe one day, I mean, we're you guys have our support because that's what we're about. We're about good fucking people. Yeah. And we, we say that, I say that endlessly, good people, but the world needs more good people and the w- world needs to be aware that there's a lot of them out there. And the world needs more bikini barista stands with Jake and Kevin in them. <laughs> and let's be girls, me, and, me and Jake. And bikinis? Did yeah, I hear that? Bikinis right? selling bikini coffee. Baristas. Yeah, we're going to be bikini baristas. We're going to make our millions <laughs> and we're going to support everybody. You, you need to get Heather Lynn on here. You need to, That's what you need to do. You need oh, to get Heather Lynn on rifle. here because, I mean, she is like the barista bikini, <laughs> like gun-toting. You're going to have to fight her. You're going to have to fight her. <laughs> Listen, we'll set up a fight. It'll be in the ring. We'll get some some like a we'll make like a meat ring from mountain primal and we'll get some like sauces <laughs> in there i'm just like i just got my shipment from tacticaleries and that stuff they, they don't sponsor us we don't get free stuff from them but their stuff's amazing mm-hmm. just like a sauce fight you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. so bikini barista sauce fight for charity 407 there we go i, I like that a great idea awesome well we'll go we'll go ahead and wrap this up where can everybody listening to this find what you guys are doing and how can they donate or whatever you guys do do donations go ahead and give us the spiel yeah so i mean if 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 we definitely appreciate donations we're 501c3 um all money goes back into the the foundation to help those in need um you know zero comes back to me like i said i'm the er nurse so i make great money uh doing my my real job um so you know if you want to support definitely check out uh 107.org spelled out h-u-n-t-e-r-s-e-v-e-n.org uh, but more so go and educate yourself. We put a lot of stuff up on Instagram. That's a big deal. Educate yourself, especially if you're a veteran. If you know a veteran, be like, hey, listen, you need to check this out. You might have been exposed. You know, you kind of want to scare the shit out of them, but not enough where they just, you know, shut down. So definitely check it out. Ask questions. Be your own best advocate. Um, that's that's the best advice I can give. You know, be your own best advocate. Awesome. And I'll, uh, we'll put uh, your website and everything in the show notes so anybody listening to this can go click on it right from there and go check out what you guys are doing. Also check out your Instagram because that's a good place to kind of see what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Yeah, so we, we appreciate you coming on. I'm glad we made this hap- happen and we'll we'll continue to support what you guys are doing. I appreciate it. For sure.